Welcome to the Man Up or Shut Up Show, where four men unite in search of the truth. Feelings will be hurt. Talk to your doctor to see if this information is right for you. Hello and welcome to Man Up or Shut Up. We are on episode, I think, 47. I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, eh, whatever. Uh, I hope you guys in, enjoyed our, uh, this is going to be the last part of our... 48. Uh, 48? Well, I guess thank you for joining us on the 48th episode. Um, everyone could be wrong, including me, the perfect one. No. The perfect one. The hey, perfect. Uh, no, uh, obviously, Dima. obviously, I'm joking. Uh, I make more gaffes than anyone else. But I mean, sinless perfection, bro. You're I know, right? How are you gonna and get to pride, heaven? Bro? And the pride takes over. Um, <laughs> so we're uh, we're gonna be doing our last part of marching to Zion. Hopefully, you enjoy our last installment. This is a forty. Uh, we have about forty minutes left for us to finish this guy off. Uh, we're gonna be stopping for a very short amount of time and just. Uh, talking about it uh, and then at the end we're going to have an overview of everything so if you like to watch just our reaction you can fast forward and watch it all the way at the end that's fine uh, that's when you'll hear all of our opinions uh, if you just want to watch along please do uh, enjoy with us um, as you can see we have everyone here today we have Victor we have Peter we have Dimitri um, and then whoever I am so you know I'm glad you guys are joining us again Thanks, bro. <laughs> hey, Dimitri, though, I keep hearing your uh, like directions. I know you can't really turn them off, but you probably. I wanna... just turned. I turned it off because I heard. I was like Dimitri, and then you got. You know, I was like, Dima. <laughs> I knew. I, I knew what you meant, but anyways, everybody's to gonna know up. where you're at. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. How else are they gonna track you? Like a week uh, after I upload it. Anyway, all right, we're gonna start. Leave it there. Around that star is the Shekinah glory cloudburst, symbolizing the Shekinah glory that was over the tabernacle. George Washington said, I want that to be on the dollar so that people will recognize the contribution that the Jewish people have made to the United States of America. Not only are today's Christians being taught to be pro-Jewish and pro-Israel, the strange doctrines of the Talmud and the Kabbalah are also creeping into churches and being taught as Christian doctrine. For example, many pastors will use the term Shekinah as if it were something from the Hebrew Old Testament, when in reality, the word is never found in the Bible one time. So the Shekinah refers to the divine presence. And it's a feminine word, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's not masculine. For example, if Moses the Leon had come out and said, I have an idea, God is a woman. That might not have gone over so well. But now he was saying that the ancient Rabbi Shimon was teaching us about Shekhinah, the feminine half of God, and her romance with her divine partner, the Holy One, blessed be he. So there is a belief that God could be both male and female. The Shekhinah is the indwelling presence of God in the universe. It's what emanates from the being of God. But for Jews, Shekhinah and God are one and the same, and it is almost forbidden to separate them. Okay. God simply manifests himself or herself in the form of the inspiration of the Shekhinah. Shekhinah is something that's part of the Talmud, something that's part of Judaism, not Christianity, and yet, how many Baptist preachers have used that phrase, Shekinah glory, in church, and it's not even scriptural? Friends, we need to grasp this, that the Shekinah glory is in us. This presence that we talked about, this presence that came in this upper room to the disciples, this Shekinah glory, it's in us as believers. The Bible is clear from Genesis to Revelation <clears throat> that God is a he, not a she. And to teach that God is both a he and a she, you've got a different God. The Christian Bible teaches that man was made in the image of God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Bible says that a man ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. 
So according to 1 Corinthians 11, man is not to cover his head because man is in the image of God as opposed to woman. That's why even in Genesis 1:27 it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. They were created male and female, but he was created in the image of God. What does it mean to be in the image of God? To look like God. Because when Jesus walked on this earth, he was a man. And God the Father is masculine. And so uh, this is a blasphemous teaching of New Age mysticism, of worshiping, you know, Mother Earth and the female spirit and the goddess and the Kabbalah and the New Age. That's where all this stuff is coming from. This is the shape of the letter Shin. Hebrew alphabet, Shin. Very interesting letter in the, in the uh, language. It, it's the first letter in the word Shaddai, the first letter in the word Shalom, first letter in the word Shekhinah, which is the name of the feminine aspect of God. Live long and prosper, image of Sirach, father of all we now hold true. It's great. It's great. People don't realize they're blessing each other with this. <laughs> When Christians learn the information presented thus far in this film, many are still hung up on the idea that the Jews are physically descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that the rest of us are all Gentiles. But is it really that simple? The only way a person could really prove that they're a Jew would be with the genealogy. In fact, most of today's so-called Jews, they don't know what tribe they're from. Do people know amongst the Jewish community, hey, I'm of converts, or hey, I'm actually of the tribe of Judah, or the tribe of Benjamin, or the tribe? As far as the tribe is concerned, we don't know. I don't know what tribe I belong to. Mm. The only ones who do know, I mentioned the Kohen, the ones, right. they know, because that's transferred from father to son, father to son. Okay. Because there are still certain things that the Kohen slash priest, certain blessings that he says, and so on and so forth. So they've kept their lineage they know myself I, I have no idea what tribe my ancestors okay belong to and, and you say probably most Jews don't know what tribe nobody yeah very it's just uh, that wasn't preserved it's not really important today it's not important at all no okay if it really made a difference who is descended from Israel and who is not then why would God tell us to avoid genealogies the Bible says in Titus 3 9 that we are to avoid genealogies the New Testament is very clear. It doesn't matter where your physical ancestors came from. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. The Bible says clearly there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. So why do we think today that there's a difference between the Jew and the Greek? And we think that somehow if someone is descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they somehow are just automatically God's chosen people, whether or not they believe on Jesus Christ. And they may be circumcised in the flesh, but the Bible says it's the circumcision of the heart and the spirit that makes you a Jew in God's eyes. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, it says in verse 4, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. I want you to keep that phrase in your mind. Endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now in Titus, he just said avoid genealogies. But here he says to avoid endless genealogies. Now I'm going to show you why genealogies are endless. They truly are endless. This is what a family tree looks like. Now at the bottom of this family tree, we just have one person, which is you. Now you descend from two people, don't you? Your mother and your father. So if we go back one generation, you come from two people as a direct descendant, right? But if we go back another generation, you don't just have two grandparents, you have four grandparents. And it keeps doubling, doesn't it? Because you have two parents, four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, 16 great-great-grandparents, and you have 32 great-great-great-grandparents. That means if I were gonna do a family tree that went back five generations, I would have to have a piece of paper wide enough to where at the top of that paper, I'd be able to have 32 people's names, wouldn't I? because that's how many ancestors I'm going to have directly in that fifth generation. Now, if I went to the sixth generation, my paper is going to have to be twice as wide because now I'm going to have 64 slots to put in names, right? Well, what happens, though, 
is that as we go back further, this number gets really big. Now, in order to understand how this chart works, we have to understand how long a generation is. How long is the average generation then? Well, they say 20 to 25 years. Okay. Now, a generation has nothing to do with lifespan. For example, my mother was 30 years old when she gave birth to me, and women generally give birth between the ages of 20 and 40. So let's just take 30 as an average. 30 is a nice round number, and 30 is a very conservative number for this calculation. So a generation is 30 years, meaning somebody has a child when they're 30, and then they have a child when they're 30, they have a child when they're 30. Nothing to do with lifespan. So that means that if we go back 10 generations, then that's 300 years, right? So let's just round off and say that if we went back in our family tree about 10 generations, we're gonna be at about the year 1700. Now, because our family tree is getting wider, if we wanted to do a complete family tree showing all of our ancestors back to the 10th generation, we would have to have a piece of paper that was wide enough to have 1,024 slots. Because 10 generations ago, there would be 1,024 a, a people that we would directly descend from. Now, here's what I noticed when I did my family tree, though. When I went back 10 generations, you know what I started noticing? These are no longer unique people because there had been some intermarriage in that 300 years that had unknowingly taken place. Let's go back 20 generations. So now we're back around the year 1400. <clears throat> well, if I wanted to have a complete family tree, I would have to have a piece of paper that could fit 1,048,576 names. That's a pretty big piece of paper. So in the year 1400, if I'm gonna trace all of my ancestors, I mean, I'm gonna tell you who all of my ancestors from the 1400s are, I would have to show you a family tree that just at the top would have a million some people, just in the top row, let alone everything else coming downward, right? If I were to go back 30 generations, now I'm only in the year 1100. I'm not even close to the time of Christ yet, am I? All right, that's yeah, a good uh, pausing spot. Um, Peter, we'll start with you. Oh, yes, that was incredible. Uh, remember, this was always my favorite part when he starts showing it to the numbers because I was, you know, before, like, yeah, June, you know, I always thought about the genealogy thing that people are, you know, by the blood or by this. And then when he just kind of showed, opened up my eyes, like, oh my goodness. And I started looking at the numbers. In reality, it comes down to it's like you can't really trace. Where exactly? Because towards the bottom, we're all basically intermingled, and then basically we're all big part of the family. Your blood is, you know, there's just so many people and so many numbers. It's just ridiculous. So just to somebody say I'm pure Jew, you know, that doesn't exist, you know, by blood, and it's pretty crazy. So I think we. But the point is, if we all took, I think, a DNA test, we'd realize we're all point something something Jew. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. That was insane, Victor. Uh, the whole Shakina thing and uh, <laughs> drives me nuts. It absolutely drives yeah. me nuts because I've heard it so often from pastors where they just they'll say that and they'll talk about the Shekinah glory and they will not even think about the implications at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just they don't think there's no there's no guarding there. And I wanted to prove what I, what I was about to say. I'm I'm 99 percent certain of this. Uh, I, I looked it up previously, but I just can't remember. Mm -hmm. The Hebrew word Shekhinah does not, as far as I remember, appear even a single time in the Masoretic texts or the uh, the Textus Receptus. Like um, it, it doesn't exist, you know. So when people try to use that, it's like that's not a biblical term at all, you know. And it's pretty scary how people just they go with things and they don't. Uh, they don't think about it. And yeah, uh, John Hagee is wicked false prophet. Yeah. I, am, I <laughs> spammed him. <laughs> that guy is disgusting. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory shall come down upon our what it, what we call it, our podcast and prevent us from. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It even it, it even has the she in it. Just don't understand. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, and it's just it is just it's just it kind of just reminds us how important it is for us Christians to be alert. 
you know, always be sober and alert and understand these things because, you know, at the end, you know, you, it's really easy to, you know, come out as a fool, you know, doing all these, hello, welcome to our church and our shine of glory, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then we start to look like, like a cult or whatever, you know, and it's, um, it's very important to keep your eyes, you know, open and be sober, sober. And, uh, you know, the, the whole, um, okay. The lost. So, and, uh, on that point, uh, I'll just finish up real quick and then we're going to start again. Um, I'm not cutting Dima off on purpose. It's just, we're on a time frame. Um, for me, actually my biggest, my biggest, uh, hang up had always been the, uh, the Jewish blood because, you know, it talks about how, you know, they're beloved for the father's sake. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, that's always been something that ha I had a very hard time with. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what this is trying to show you is that w if you go far enough in your genealogy, theoretically, we're all coming from the same branch and you can, you can say, okay, well, it's actually, we're all, you know, we're all Jews. Anyway, that's, that's the point. We're going to go back to the show again. No, if I went back to the year 1100, 30 generations, I would have 1,073,741,824 ancestors in that generation. Now, listen, they're not all unique. I, when I did my genealogy, I found this relative that she was my 10th great-grandmother on this side and my 11th great-grandmother over here because people marry their fifth and sixth cousin without knowing it, mm. obviously. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of repeating going on, right? You know what that shows? That a lot of people are descending from the same people. Cannot help but intermarry. It's impossible not to because of these numbers. Now, but look, the real number that we want to go back to is not 1100 AD. Let's go back to 70 AD, because 70 AD is when all the Jews were scattered. Now, when you say scattered all over the world, do you mean that in the most literal sense? I mean, all nations? Yes, in the most literal sense. If we were to go back to 70 AD, and we were to have a family tree that shows all of our ancestors in 70 AD and how they're connected, that top line would have 18 quintillion 446 quadrillion, 744 trillion names from 70 AD. Now, who thinks that there were 18 quintillion, 446 quadrillion, 744 trillion people living at the time of Christ or shortly thereafter? No. In fact, the approximate population at that time was 200 million. Of that 200 million, let's just call seven or eight million Jews. You say, I don't like that number. Well, that number's not going to matter in a minute. Okay, so let's just call it seven, seven, eight million. Okay, so if there are 200 million people on the earth at the time of the temple being destroyed, and about seven or eight million of them are Jews, that means if I have an ancestor from that era, there's a one in 27 chance that they were of Israel. So think about this. What if I were buying a lottery ticket? And the odds of that lottery ticket coming up a winner are one in 27. Because that's the winning ticket that says, you're Jewish, you're of the chosen people, you are of Israel, you are an Israelite indeed. I've got a one in 27 chance. You say, well, Pastor Anderson, if you have a one in 27 chance, you're probably not gonna win that lottery because you got 26 chances of losing. Okay, but what if I buy 18 quintillion lottery tickets? You think I'm gonna win? Let me ask this, how many times do I have to hit it to be descended from Abraham? How many times do I have to hit it to be descended from Israel? You say, well, you know, I'm black. I'm of Africa. You know, how can I be connected with Abraham? Well, stop and think about it. Think about Israel's children. You know what? One of Israel's children, Joseph, guess where his wife was from? Egypt. Joseph's wife was of Egypt. Where's Egypt? Africa. Moses' wife was Ethiopian. His second wife was Ethiopian. 
So we already see, even in Bible days, intermingling with Africa, intermingling with the sons of Ham. I mean, if you think about it, the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh were half of Ham and half of, of Israel because Israel's son, Joseph, married an Egyptian woman who's of Ham. So all of the Ephraimites and Manassites are descended of Ham. And not only that, but all throughout history, you've had all kinds of merchants and missionaries and conquerors. Even, you know, you think of the Mongolian Empire that went all over the world and that conquered China, that conquered Japan, that conquered Korea. All the ships that sailed and went here and there and everywhere. You only have to have one ancestor. Out of your millions and millions of ancestors, you only have to have one that descends from Israel. And you are a direct descendant of Israel today. You sit there and say, oh, I'm just purely a white person. Oh, I'm just purely Asian. I'm just purely African. No, you're not. No one is. People have been marrying and intermarrying for thousands of years. So you can't have any pure uh, population. You know what? The Bible was right when it said we're all of one blood. Even populations that we think that has got to be 100%, they're not 100%. And that there was is rare. no 100%. So, you can sit there and have your endless genealogy, it won't even be accurate. Because you know what you can't tell from a genealogy? Somebody who committed adultery and lied to their husband and said, oh yeah, this is your son. And he's not. You know, people do their genealogy mm -hmm. and they kind of just take everything as gospel. When in reality, there could be, as you euphemistically call them, non-paternity events. There's a non-paternity index, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, has been estimated at 0.05 percent uh, per generation. So mm -hmm. if you go back 20 generations, you're likely to have a non-paternity event. That's the soft way of saying it. And if you consider that a generation is 20 to 25 years, that means in 500 years, you're due <laughs> in that line to, uh, to have a non-paternity event. Every 500 years. Yeah. In, in, in one line. So if, you know, on one line. In one line, how many but lines, how many you, lines you have. Right. right. So really, if somebody traces their genealogy, they couldn't really say, hey, I know for a fact, I know the whole story because I'm looking at this genealogy because the DNA test is going to reveal more. Well, DNA doesn't lie. And uh, people lie. DNA right. doesn't lie. Right. <laughs> so people could say, hey, I'm, I'm Jewish, I, or I'm not exactly. Jewish. But the DNA. Right. A DNA doesn't have an agenda. People right. have an agenda. People right. have reasons to lie. Uh -huh. And also they might just not know the truth, you know, which yeah, is, sure. is possible so as well. So it's not even that they're lying, it's just no, that they're mistaken. They're just passing on mistaken information. One out of 15 Americans is adopted or has a parent that was adopted. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's a pretty high number too, yeah. isn't it? I mean, who can tell you all the people in your in your lineage that were adopted? Oh yeah, my ancestors 300 years ago were adopted. You're not going to remember that. So there are adoptions, there's infidelity, there's traveling, there's conquest, there's merchants, there are missionaries. Different people have different things they wanted to hide. Right. And so they only tell you what they want you to hear. It doesn't matter where you're from, folks. God, you know why God said to avoid this? Because it hurts your mind to even think about this number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, these numbers bend the mind. He's just like, just avoid it. You know, just avoid endless, you know, you know what they minister? Questions. I mean, does, does this make you feel really sure about your nationality now? No, it, it raises a lot of questions. So what do you think about somebody going down to the DNA lab, getting their DNA tested, <clears throat> And, and it comes back and says, oh, you know, you have these Jewish ancestors. I mean... I have no quarrel with them. Would you accept that if it... If Absolutely. It's, oh, okay. Because it's so possible, because they were so scattered, right? Yeah, I would never argue with it. Mm -hmm.
The director of this film, Paul Wittenberger, and I are just a couple of white guys. We've never been told that we're Jewish or have any Jewish ancestors, but we're going to go down and get our DNA tested and just find out if we do. We match your DNA profile against uh, over 400 population groups worldwide, mm -hmm. and we present you with a top 50. And for ancestral DNA, uh, we don't have to get thumbprints. Uh, I mean, it's not a legal document. Right. So that's all we need is the swab and the name. So these will go out tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, we should get results back in about three to four weeks. A few weeks later, Paul and I got our results back, and just like they said, we were a mixture of a whole bunch of different nationalities. We had everything from Arab to Brazilian, Native American, and there were a lot of things on there that were a big surprise. And sure enough, when we looked at our deep ancestry, which goes back further than the top 50, we both had markers for Jewish DNA. So I figured I'd get my grandma's DNA tested to see if Jewish made it into her top 50. We tested my grandma, she's 94 years old. Uh-huh. And we wanted to swab her, you know, while she's still with us. Oh yes, that, I, that's very important. Yeah, so yeah. We, we got it. All right, grandma's results are right, in, let's check exciting. them out. All right, let's see her top 50, first of all. Number one, Ashkenazi Jew, number one. No way. So that explains why it was in my deep ancestry, because it's her number one of her 50 nationalities. And her number one result was Hungarian Ashkenazi Jew. So, so her number one result was Ashkenazi Jewish. Wow. Well, with DNA, I mean, you know, we've done this for. Oh snap! I have the same I didn't pause it. Uh, uh, okay. There we go. All right. Victor, see, so never say you're not you weren't you're not Russian. I'm sure you have Russian in there somewhere. Yes, I'm like, well, here's what's so funny. Yeah, it, what's so amazing about this is the expression. Look at the the genetic expression. His grandmother, yep. she was her top match was Ashkenazi Jew, yet it wasn't in Pastor Anderson's top fifty. That's weird. Yeah. So that just shows you that it's all about genetic expression. It yeah. doesn't even show like 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 if I if Peter, if you got tested, you might not even test as Russian, quote unquote, <laughs> even though you are Russian. Your parents are Russian. Right. It's amazing how holy cow, your genetic expression can differ so widely from your parents. It doesn't actually even show your quote unquote true ancestry because you, it's just different for every every time. It's a it's a it's a lottery. Think about how many sperm are swimming towards the egg. All those sperms are just different expressions of your genes. All those eggs that are produced by a female are different expressions of the genes, completely different, completely unique. And so that's what's so fascinating is like, wow, that just kind of shows it's all BS. You can't figure it out even with genetics. You know, they're like, oh, genetics are so important. Well, then why is it his top 50 Ashkenazi Jew? Because it's not being expressed. So anyway, your turn. Sorry. Yeah, that, that was absolutely that was absolutely like a home run. Yeah. He definitely proved how we're we're all Jews, <laughs> you know. So I I actually tell that to everybody as well. Like when everybody like talks about like Jews are praising, I'm like I'm actually a Jew. Like oh really? Oh that's cool. Whoa, you know. <laughs> so I actually tell everybody that I am a Jew, and it's kind of hilarious that people actually believe me. And and I'm telling the truth because I I'm Jew both ways. There's for sure some gen, uh, Jew DNA in me, you know, physical. And then uh, obviously spiritual Jew as well. So I got I got two, brah. Yeah, <laughs> double, I mean, double Jew. <laughs> you're one hundred percent a child of Abraham. You know, like that's exactly. what we are. Physical and spiritual. That's right. Yeah, boy. Peter, go ahead. Yeah. So you can always. That's probably the same thing with. So and if anybody says like, man, you just don't understand because you're not black. You're like, dude, I am black. Somebody says you don't understand because you're not Jew. <laughs> I am Jew. I'm Russian. I'm, I'm everything. Huh? So you can check identify as whoever you want. <laughs> Some percentage is going to be in there. You know, I'm actually really curious to get the DNA test, check it out, get my results. Has any of you guys gotten your results or tried that? No, I would like to, but I would, I'm too afraid of the government. Not <laughs> 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 to do it in a private place. The government can't see that. <laughs> they're they're going to clone me. 
I, yeah. uh, I did Ancestry.com. They were utter garbage, in my opinion. Uh, what did they? Oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on, Roma. We got to pause here. You got to pull that up, bro. We got to see this. <laughs> show us, show us. Come on, bro. Maybe later, maybe later. Um, but yeah, no, my Ancestry.com only gave me two, uh, uh, two primary. It said I was half Polish, half Ukrainian. That's it. Wow. Oh, really? That's it? I'd say Greek. You look more Greek. <laughs> well, well, what I'm saying is, is that uh, Ancestry.com, most of their, uh, most of their like uh, DNA sequences that they have on file apparently are very select. So um, that's why, like, if you go to 21andMe, you're going to get different results from Ancestry because they're using different genomes to compare you against. And other these other places will do the same thing so it really does come down to where did you get tested and how how um, vast is their you know database anyway that's that's that we'll maybe we'll get to that later now it's hiding from me. yeah you're driving You're supposed to be playing a video or something Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I am. But do you know how many tabs I have open? All right, there we go. Okay. Her number one result was Ashkenazi Jewish. Wow. Well, with DNA consultants, I mean, you know, we've done this for many, many years. I haven't seen that very often, to let you know. Mm -hmm. And every report, like I'm saying, is unique. People were like, oh, it's probably very general. No, everybody's very unique. I don't know when I've seen number one uh, Ashkenazi, so that is really no. Cool. Yeah. I mean, maybe three or five times. So let times. me ask you this: that is very rare. So if Grandma's DNA had number one Ashkenazi, is there any doubt that she's an Ashkenazi Jew? No. And if she's my grandmother, when what does that make me? If you're Jewish. So I'm Jewish. You don't have to accept <laughs> the religion. Right, but I mean, ethnically you could. speaking. Ethnically, you are. You know, okay. whether you, well, how, so whatever you, you want to do with it. Me, so you. So I've now on. pronounced you Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really what it all boils down to? I mean, good night. That's DNA. Are you kidding me? What, what about Jesus? What about faith in Christ? How in the world can God's people be determined by DNA? Look, it doesn't matter what our genealogy says. It doesn't matter what our DNA results are. None of that is even important. The only thing that really matters is that we are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And I found so much proof that Israel there is not the Israel that God's talking about. But we who have believed in God, who have the faith of Abraham, we're the children of God. We're the seed of Abraham. It says in Romans 9 verse 7, Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. So the Bible says that the children of the flesh, the physical children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these are, it specifically spells out and says they are not the children of God. In fact, in Galatians 3, it explains that we're the children of Abraham. It says, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. It's amazing to me though, how Christians overlook Galatians 3. Now, I'm, I'm almost 70 years old, I'm an old man. But I've never, ever, ever heard a sermon on Galatians 3, verse 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus, and if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Both of those are fantastic. Who is the heir to the promise? Whoever has Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 reads, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Verse 19, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. According to this scripture, 
we are fellow citizens of Israel. Because back in verse number 12, he said, when you were without Christ, you were aliens of Israel. You were strangers and foreigners to Israel. But in verse 19, he says, now you are fellow citizens with the saints. So who is the true Israel? Is it some guy over in the Middle East who doesn't even believe in Jesus and is worshiping Shekinah? Or is it the true believer of the Lord Jesus Christ who's been grafted in and brought nigh unto Israel? It's very simple. Jesus said in Matthew 21, verse 43, Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Wow. They didn't bear fruits. They refused Jesus. They refused redemption. They refused to recognize the deliverer of Zion, the very Christ Jesus. And Jesus said, because of that, the kingdom is taken from you and given to another nation. Well, what is that nation? Is it Syria? Is it America? Is it England? Is it Germany? No, no, no. A spiritual nation. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The Bible's not a book about God blessing one nation. That's why God told Abraham, in thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed. And that blessing is through Abraham's seed, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 11, that Abraham wasn't looking for a physical land. He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We as Christians are looking for a new Jerusalem. We're looking for a heavenly city. As Hebrews 11, the faith chapter points out, but now they desire a better country that is an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. God has prepared a city for us, a city that we can't find physically on this earth, because it's a heavenly city. It's something that God has prepared for those that have faith in Him. When we're looking for Zion and when we're looking for Jerusalem, we're not looking for the one which now is. We're not looking for the one that we can touch. We're not looking for the one that spiritually is Sodom and spiritually Egypt. We're, we're looking for the one that is heavenly, the one that is to come. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 22, but ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels. So according to the New Testament, Zion is the heavenly Jerusalem, not the physical Jerusalem that now is, but the heavenly Jerusalem will descend down from heaven. That is our capital city. That is our Zion. And so I'm Israel. Those people over there are not Israel. That's why Paul said they're not all Israel, that are of Israel, maybe of Israel, genealogically speaking, but you're not Israel as God counts as what his original intent was, a people that are a praise and a glory to him. We as Christians are the chosen people of God. We are the true Israel and we are marching to Zion. Well, you know, the, the name uh, of this video is Marching to Zion. We know that as a great uh, title of a gospel song too. It means marching with Jesus at the very head of the formation. Yeah. You know, we sing songs like we're marching to Zion. I love that song. I just love it. I mean, we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. It's the city of God. It sits on the sides of the north. That's God's home. And one day he's going to bring it down to earth. It's going to be on the earth. We're going to inherit the earth because we are God's people. We have believed in Christ, are God's people. We are Israel. We're princes with God. And we're going to reign with him forever. I would love to see the Quran thrown away, destroyed, put in a bonfire. Not because I hate the Muslims, no. I would love for them to become Christians. I would love to see the, the Talmud in all its 36 or 38 volumes. Well, what a bonfire we could have with that. As a Christian, I say, let these books exist. Let the Quran exist. Let the Talmud exist. Because if people read those, and then they read the New Testament, you must come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is Lord.
wonderful. Wow. <laughs> what a what an ending. You look green, Dimitri. You look like the Hulk. He does look like the Hulk. Because <laughs> this is what happens when you find out the truth. <laughs> <laughs> All these years I've been lied to. I'm angry. I've been lied to for so many years. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. So what's who, who's who's talking? Roma, go ahead. Finishing, finishing. Roma, you're still muted. You got yourself muted, bro. Yeah. Oh man, I thought, you're smiling I thought you're very quietly. Yeah, your smile was beautiful. Why are you smiling? Hey, you know what? You know I could. It was so loud. <laughs> Someone else muted me on purpose. Uh, well, I was gonna say, Dima, you can go. Okay. Well, yeah. So this is just uh, this this movie was is just such a home run. I even had a situation where somebody I don't want to say names or anything. Like, I'll just say it was a she, and she's like this, like, oh yeah, they are the chosen people of God, you know, the Jews, all this, and you know, she was just like completely like really real, and I just like I beg, like, okay, please, could you just please sit down and watch this movie with with me and just see if you have the same thoughts afterwards you know and it's just interesting how powerful this movie is because after this movie it's like a 180 180 because like i don't know how somebody can literally watch this movie like i I, you know watch this movie and still walk away thinking that the physical jews are god's chosen people and they're still special you know uh, I mean, this movie is just like a, such a home run and it's just like so eye-opening where it's like I get really surprised when I see uh, still like debunking marching to Zion, you know, and then when you hear their debunks, <laughs> they're like, they like hold like, absolutely no water at all. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I was muted and you guys couldn't hear me, but I said there was going to be one more section. So we have a little bit oh. Le- left. Oh, there's one more section? Yeah, it's it's the most important section. Uh, so after that section's over, then oh. we'll get to our full conversation. Uh, okay. Victor, go ahead. Salvation, no, right? Oh, well, let's just get to that section and uh, let's just. Yeah, I so, moved. I moved. I moved to skip. <laughs> I can have the longer conversation. I skip. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess keep in mind what you guys are thinking. Uh, we I guess we'll just take a we took a very short break. There's one more little section. Hang out with us for a little bit more, and then you're going to see all of our final thoughts. Uh, now the Bible's really clear on salvation. It's not based on how good you are. A lot of people think they're pretty good, you know, and yeah, they're going to get to heaven because they're pretty good. But the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. I'm not righteous, you're not righteous. And if it were our goodness that would get us into heaven, none of us would be going. Because the Bible even says in Revelation 21, 8, it says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and sorcerers and whoremongers and idolaters, and listen to this, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I've lied before. Everybody's lied before. So we've all sinned, and we've done stuff worse than lying, let's face it. We all deserve hell. But the Bible says, but God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so Jesus Christ, because he loves us, came to this earth. The Bible says he was God manifest in the flesh. God basically took on human form. He lived a sinless life. He did not commit any sin. And of course, they beat him and spit on him and and nailed him to the cross. The Bible says that when he was on that cross, he himself bare our sins in his own body on the tree. So every sin you've ever done, every sin I've ever done, it was as if Jesus had done it. He was being punished for our sins. And then, of course, they took his body when he died. They took his body and buried it in the tomb. And his soul went down to hell for three days and three nights, Acts 2.31. Three days later, he rose again from the dead. He showed unto the disciples the holes in his hands. And the Bible's really clear that Jesus did die for everybody. It says that he died not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. But there's something that we must do to be saved. The Bible says, it has that question in Acts 16, what must I do to be saved? 
and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And that's it. He didn't say join a church and you'll be saved, get baptized and you'll be saved, live a good life and you'll be saved, repent of all your sins and you'll be saved. No, he said believe. And even the most famous verse in the whole Bible that's written on the bottom, I mean the, the reference is written on the bottom of the cup at In-N-Out Burger. I mean it's so famous, everybody's heard of it, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And everlasting means everlasting, means forever. And Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The Bible says in John 6, 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. So if you believe on Jesus Christ, the Bible says you have everlasting life. You're going to live forever. You can't lose your salvation. It's eternal. It's everlasting. Once you're saved, once you believe on him, you're saved forever. And no matter what, you can never lose your salvation. Even if I were to go out and commit some awful sin, God will punish me for it on this earth. If I went out and killed somebody today, you know, God's going to make sure I get punished. I'm going to prison or, or far worse or the death penalty. Whatever this earth punishes me, and God's going to make sure I get punished even more. But I'm not going to hell. There's nothing I can do to go to hell because I'm saved. And if I went to hell, God lied because he promised that whoever believeth in him has everlasting life. And he said, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. That's why there are a lot of examples of people in the Bible who did some really bad stuff, yet they made it to heaven. How? Because they were so good? No, it's because they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Their sins are forgiven. Other people who may have lived a better life in the world's eyes, or maybe even really they lived a better life, they don't believe in Christ. They're going to have to go to hell to be punished for their sins. And let me just close on this one thought. One thing that I wanted to be sure and bring up today is that there was a question that was asked to Jesus by one of his disciples. And that question was this, are there few that be saved? That's a good question, right? I mean, are most people saved? Or is it few that are saved? Now, who here thinks that most people are going to heaven? Most people in this world are going to heaven. Yeah, guess what the answer was? He said, in Matthew 7, for example, he said, Enter ye in at the straight gate. He said, because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. And then he went on to say this. He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me ye that work iniquity. And so you see there are people out there. First of all, the majority of this world doesn't even claim to believe in Jesus. Thankfully, the majority of this classroom claims to believe in Jesus, okay? But the majority of the world does not claim to believe in Jesus. But God warned that even amongst those who claim to believe in Jesus, even amongst those that call him Lord, many will be saying to him, what if all our, we did all these wonderful works, why aren't we saved? He's going to say, depart from me, I never you. That's, why, that's because salvation is not by works. And if you're trusting your own works to save you, if you think you're going to heaven because you've been baptized, or if you think you, well, I think you have to live a good life. I think you have to keep the commandments to be saved. I think you have to go to church. I think you got to, you know, turn from your sins. You know, if you're trusting in your works, Jesus is going to say to you one day, depart from me, I never knew you. You have to have all your faith in what he did. You have to put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross when he died for you, he's buried and rose again. That's your ticket into heaven. If you're trusting all the things, oh, I'm going to heaven because I'm such a good Christian and I do all these wonderful things. He's going to say, depart from me. And notice what he said. Depart from me, I never knew you. Not I used to know you. Because once he knows you, remember I mentioned this earlier, it's everlasting, it's eternal. Once he knows you, you're saved forever. But he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because if you go to hell, it's because he never knew you. Because once he knows you, he knows you. It's just like my children will always be my children. You know, when you're born again, when you're his child, you'll always be his child. You may be the black sheep of the family. You know, you may be uh, somebody who gets disciplined by God heavily on this earth. You can screw up your life down here, but you can't screw that up. You know, you're saved. It's a done deal. And so that's the main thing that I wanted to present to you.
about the end times. And we do have just a few minutes for uh, questions about either uh, salvation or about the end times. All right. Thank you for sticking with us during this whole entire process. The music, uh, oh man, the back music is perfect for Owen. <laughs> it's, yeah, those, it's, those, those, you were going to do a closing message too. Yeah, like those, with those the background music. Um, no, thank oh, you so much oh, for Oh man, Owen's going to drive us to tears. Sorry, <laughs> man, is, go ahead. This is part three, and uh, we may or may not do these again, maybe sometime in the future. I am not entirely sure. But uh, the next couple of shows, we'll go back to our normal. Either we're going to have a topical or we're just uh, what we haven't done in a very long time, which I think is probably going to be the next one we're going to do. It's just going to be one of those open discussions, which uh, I enjoy and we haven't done for a while. Uh, but this, this documentary really changed my mind on a lot of things. Uh, yep. and hopefully you watch the whole thing and it changed your mind. I recommend re-watching it by yourself um, if you get a chance. Um, anyway, Dima, we kind of had already your opinion, so I'm going to go with other people, and then you're going to be like almost last, and then I'll go, and then I'll go last because I'll end this off. Uh, Victor. Yeah, man. I mean, I love – I'm glad we actually uh, played the uh, giving of the gospel at the end because it really is important that – even even though like most I, I believe the vast majority of our families are saved right we still don't know which parts of our family are listening who may have not really called upon the name of the lord like like it's it's really important like and the family is the hardest people to witness to you know period like we, obviously we have other listeners besides uh, our family but right. in my mind man it's so important for people to know that they've called upon the name of the Lord. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know the exact date that I did, but I do remember sitting down with my mom and I remember very clearly just telling my mother, I don't know how to go to heaven. Cause I struggled my entire childhood wondering like, how do I get saved? And no one ever told me, no one ever made it clear. Just, believing on jesus is how you're saved you know what i mean and it finally i mean i i'd heard it you know i'd heard it from other people but it was like in my mind it's like there's got to be a catch you know what i mean but i didn't even realize how deep that was you know what i mean how deep-seated that thought was of like there's got to be a catch you know what i mean but then once you realize it, you ask somebody like hey what am i what must i do to be saved you know and then that person goes all you gotta do is believe on jesus and trust in him it's like, wow, really? That's it? Can I pray right now? Yeah, I, but I, what I, must I do? Yeah, but what must I do? <laughs> you have to be a Jew, but then you're automatically saved. <laughs> I just well, I, what if I'm not a Jew? I'm telling <laughs> you, it's, it's such a it's such good news. And I'll tell you what, another thing that about the ending that's so powerful that we should all do and that all of us can do better is we need to all memorize scripture. You see how powerful it is being oh, able to yeah. bring scripture into conversation in Russian and in English to bring scripture to those who you're preaching to. I mean, I never, I, besides my children, I never was able to lead anyone to the Lord until I started bringing scripture into the conversation. And I'm dead serious. I tried. I argued with people. I debated with people. I was like, look at this. Look at that. Look at this part of the Bible. But I never said, hey, listen to this verse. Just put everything else aside. Listen to what I'm saying here. Listen to God's word. Not my word. This is God's word. And it is. God's word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, it's, it's so amazingly powerful. But all right, I'm sorry. I'll go on all night. Let somebody else go. Peter. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think I pretty much said a lot of things. Uh, yes, they definitely gave me uh, the whole salvation thing. That definitely helped me out because I did used to go crying at night. Uh, yeah, right? Position, like, because <laughs> I, I thought that like, basically I always had to remember every sin that I did and I need to like tell it to God and say, ask for forgiveness for each sin. And I'm like, man, what if there's a sin I forgot about or I didn't know or, you know, so I always thought like my 
salvation was like a stock market you know it's like up and down i saved i'm not saved i'm saved so i'm like oh man i hope i die when i'm saved not when i'm like, you know, have a bad thought or something that i'm going me straight and to hell. me and peter had such similar experiences i swear <laughs> it's kind of amazing that's one thing that like i think early on when me and peter met like yeah we bonded over that, bro. You remember that when we first started talking about stuff, it was like, holy cow, you, you, you lied in a fetal position at night too. Like me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember, I, I think I brought this up before, but when, when my brother Vic, where yeah. he would like, you know, he would point out like, I'm doing something bad. And Vital, he'd be like, Oh man, you sinner, you know, how dare you know? And I'm like, Oh snap, I need to stop or I'm going to go to hell. And then I'm like, I just stop. And all of a sudden I start singing, I start singing hymns and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> to make myself good, you know, cover my sins, Your with mind the, the, singing hymns. And Vitaly's like, you don't have to start singing hymns, hymns all of a sudden. Just stop sinning. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. like, that's, that's what we thought we have to do. Like, so you don't think of anything bad or, you know, you accidentally sin. Yeah. So we're like, you know, start yeah. singing songs, read the Bible, just, you know, distract your mind because, you know, you just. But yeah, know this, this documentary helped me understand salvation better because before I thought it was like, you didn't have to sin. You have to be a Jew, you know, <laughs> and then like me, I'm just this just sinner non-jew heathen you know <laughs> gentile that's just like this somebody that's just like a piece of crap stuck on god's shoe you know and he's like oh man if you just i'm just looking for a place to wipe you off <laughs> and, and then once i found out like oh, i'm the chosen one <laughs> and you know and i'm saved by grace just by pulling yeah. putting my full trust in god i don't have to be a jew i don't have to chop my winky off you know i'm like this is amazing amazing after that i finally could sleep at night like oh yeah it's 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 out of the fetal position it's amazing man like the the peace and i'm telling you i used to have i think vic too is telling us about dreams he used to have but i used to have those dreams of just thinking that i was like waiting in line in heaven like filling out forms and like being afraid now, being afraid that I was going to just go drop straight into hell. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget that those dreams just and, and obviously that's not proof of salvation because people can have dreams like that. And yeah, they're still, they're still saved. But for me, the peace that surpassed all understanding really landed on me and just gave me this huge break. You know, what I mean, it was just, oh, my gosh, I'll never forget it. It's it's amazing when you start thinking about it and how grateful it makes you too when you when you listen about salvation again, you know. Yeah. And, and I also even with baptism, I kind of had you know I had also the wrong idea that I'm like, man, I was thinking also like after ba being baptized, I need to come out and like just really be holy, you know, like yeah. like, oh, like I'm like levitate. Yeah. But you are currently clean now. Don't sin again or you're going to do do yeah. baptize again <laughs> baptism again. So I remember yeah. my sister, she got baptized, my older sister, and I think she was like yelling or something. It just happened, something happened after that, or Vic or one of them, family members. And I was like, wow, like really? Like you really, you got baptized, now you're doing this? You know, I like basically kind of jab at them, like, like you, you're supposed to be like pretty much on my mindset was basically <laughs> after being baptized, you literally need to be a perfect human being, you know, afterwards. Hey, and <laughs> hey, hey Roma, pull, pull up that picture and show how Dimitri was feeling uh, when he was not a Jew. <laughs> And I was not sure. It's in the chat. Hey, Roma, we still got to see your edit. I want to definitely see your heritage thing. What'd you do? Like 50, 50, 50, 50, never mind. Got a picture you have there. Later, later. Later. <laughs> what picture do you have? I don't know. It's in the chat. Come on, pull it up, Roma. It's not that bad. Okay, all right, hold on. <laughs> this is Dimitri looking in at all the chosen ones. Okay. <laughs> Guys, trying to embarrass me before all of our subscribers. <laughs> Where is it? I like that. Where that's is Dimitri, it? That's Dimitri right there, looking at the, like looking at all the chosen ones. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> that does look like me. <laughs> that, that's all of us looking in. Like, why aren't we the chosen ones? <laughs> Are you looking? Why can't I be the chosen one? Well, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I actually can relate with Peter because I was like that too. Um, one of the reasons I actually didn't get a baptism, a water baptism for a very long time 
was because I was like, man, I'm going to have to be perfect after <laughs> this, like, you know? Yeah. And, and then, and the reason is like, it was like, it's not that I was doing anything too bad before. I was just afraid. I'm like, man, what am, what's going to happen before? And I remember like most of my adult life, I actually was always afraid of that too. Like I would pray. I'm like, God, I mean, I, to be fair, I still pray about my sins because I, I do feel bad. Well, obviously, I mean, God let's talk about the Bible, sins, how, yeah. you know, pray to, you know, confess your sins and uh, God is just and he will forgive you. Yeah. Um, but but what I'm saying is, is I remember I was I was always praying because I honestly thought I was going to go to hell if I didn't pray about all my sins. And that's not even including the sins that you don't even really feel bad about. Like, I mean, yeah, think about think about uh, I like how Stephen Anderson had said this. Um Give me one second. He he had said that we sometimes pray for forgiveness for sins that we don't even really mean. Yep. He's like, there are things that we say I am sorry, but we're not truly sorry. Mm-hmm. There are there yep. are times where we say, I will never do it again, knowing full well we're gonna do it again. And doesn't that make us the biggest hypocrites? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And by that very understanding, we are we, you know, if you think that your deeds are are saving you, you're kind of screwed yeah. because we don't always mean what we say. Yeah. I I, yeah. I even felt bad apologizing like cuz I'm like I feel like man God probably hates you every time I'm apologizing cuz in my mind like I know I'm probably going to end up doing this again. I'm like so God and God knows the future and me asking him forgiveness right now, he's probably just like you filthy animal get out of my sight you know like my for asking for forgiveness meant nothing to him like i'm like i even got start having this thought like maybe i should just wait and like not really keep repeating my sorries because god knows the future and i'm basically so maybe i'm gonna wait until i'm like about to die or god comes and i'm like god i'm sorry and god's like it's the first time peter asked for forgiveness you know and then genuinely after that it'll it'll count genuinely after me asking that forgiveness i never did it again you know rather than me i asked and i did it again i asked again it's like man i'm probably getting jesus god's nerves you know like how can he that's whenever i thought you know salvation was like a stock market you know like i'm saved i'm not saved up and down up and down well and that's the danger there isn't it the danger there is that you're you're now depending on yourself and we all fail yeah, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God. Not one of us is righteous, not a single one. Yeah, and you know what's so amazing too? What to me, what really gives me comfort is you look in the New Testament and you see how, even even among the early church, you know that it said that there were those that basically were in sin, and they were sick, and they were weak among them, and they were you know sickly. They they had been eating communion and and sinning. And, and eating, you know, the communion in an unworthy manner. And God, you know, even though they're still saved, God was, you know, chastising them physically, you know. Yeah. And so that's one of those amazing examples of God literally, you know, you know, Paul calls them brothers. For this, for this reason, there are some that are among you that are weak and sickly and even some that sleep. You know, basically, meaning that some that are even dead. It's like, you know, these people are living in sin. But were they still God's children? Yes. You know, it's 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 a once you realize that, you know, that, you know, God will never leave us nor forsake us. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he separated our sins from us, you know, and I love that Dimitri posted that the other day um, talking about, you know, just how beautiful that illustration is as far as the east is from the west, because that's infinite. That's an infinite distance, you know, as far as the east is from the west. Cause that's circular. You know, if you said as far as the North is from the South, that's a, that's 12,400 and some odd miles. Exactly. Right. But if, if you say as far as the East is from the West, that's an infinite distance. You know, that's a beautiful thing. Wait, why is North and South not infinite as well? Because if you go to the North, right. And yep. once you get to the actual North pole, if you start to go down the other side, now you're going South again. Right. But if you go East, you go east forever. You see? Yep. Yeah. You, you keep going east, you're always going to go east. You go west, you're always going west. You see? Yeah, once, you, once you go up... It's yeah. only worth 
in the globe in the globe model, not the. the oh yeah, well that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, if we're, if we're just if we're looking around the globe thing, but if we're just going this way, it's infinitely or yeah. you know. Yeah, you that's know, true. Yeah, back yeah. Around, but yeah, compass directions, but yeah, like literally on the globe. Yeah, literally, it, if you go east and west, it's actually in infinite direction. You know. Yeah. But yes, you could take it the other way too. Are you back in the truck, Dimitri? What are you doing? I'm uh, right now going home. My wife calling me like five times, like, where, where are you? You know? And then so, uh, and I was like trying to shoot her a text, you know, like, hey, you know, can I call you later? And I, she's not reading the text and she's calling me again. <laughs> so I had to pick up the phone. My sound didn't work and I had to leave and then come back in. But anyways, that's the story of my hey, life. That's, this is as good as note of any to stop. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this three-part series. Uh, like I said, we may do more. Uh, there are quite a few that I would uh, actually would be very interested in sharing. Like uh, there was once where we were talking about all these riots and stuff, and Victor had offhandedly mentioned Martin Luther King. Oh, man. Uh, there's a documentary about that guy. And, you know, just so you guys don't misunderstand, the, the kind of stuff that surfaces about this, this person it's pretty, pretty messed up. But again, I mean, you know, I would love to share some of that stuff with you. Um, maybe in the future we will. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we look forward to seeing you all again. Um, if you're looking for a wallet, uh, we do have a link in our description. It will give you 20% off. Outside of that, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you all next time. I share the wallet. Show us the wallet, bro. You can't just show, and run show, away. show the wallet. All right. Here's the wallet. And you press right here. And oh, it. snap. Dude, I'll tell All you. right. See y'all later. Right.